Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. And together, we are the personalities behind branded hospitality ventures. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, we've got an incredible podcast today. But before we start that podcast today, Jimmy, I was just thinking, Jimmy, if you needed to find, like if you're a restaurant operator, right? And you're like, I got to find a solution. I have to find technology to help me operate my stores. Where would you, what would you do? Where would you go? Google. No, no, Jimmy, that's not where you would go. That's not the answer. Jimmy, there's a site out there right now. It's called hey. Boom, Jimmy. It's oh, called it Boom. Boom. You go to Boom because Boom. Boom, Jimmy, Boom is a site, okay? It is an e-commerce B2B platform that happens to be our sponsor, Jimmy. They're sponsoring this. Oh, so you ruined the entire, the entire sponsorship has been ruined. Now, Jimmy, if you had to find, Anything you're looking for in technology relating to restaurants and hospitality, where would you go? Boom. Yes, Jimmy, you'd go to Boom. That's where you'd go. Because Boom has over 500 of the best technology solutions for operators today. And, Jimmy, do you know what it costs to use Boom? Sounds very expensive. Very you'd expensive. think. You'd think, Jimmy, Take. it's free. It's free for free. the operators to use Boom. So go check out Boom. It's just filled with with unbelievable tech and innovation boom.store great sponsor great company great b2b e-commerce platform jimmy let's take it back to the show jimbo all right and i want to continue to thank our former sponsor chico's bail bonds we appreciate your multi-year agreement with us and uh yes after several cease and desist letters we have decided to retire you and replace you with boom Excellent. Listen, in all seriousness, we are very excited uh, for today's episode. Our guest today is our friend, Mr. James O'Reilly, CEO of Smoky Bones. Chats, you like apples? I like them apples. I got to tell you, Jimmy, we're getting really good guests. I don't know how we're getting these guests, but it's unbelievable. <laughs> we, we, you know what? We we keep asking, we keep nudging, we keep pushing. Like, fine, I'll do the podcast. Just leave me alone. Listen, leave me alone, exactly. Before we jump into James, and we got a great episode uh, for James today. We have our new segment, Trivia Tuesdays, never to be confused with Taco Tuesdays. Being that our podcasts are released on uh, Tuesdays, Jim, I think you'd like Taco Tuesday better. I love Taco Tuesday. I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. Taco Tuesday, Wendy's Wednesday. Um, we release our, our podcast on Tuesdays. We are introducing Trivia Tuesday. Each week, we'll ask some fun trivia questions about our guests, but here's the catch. You have to tune in to the end to find out the answers. This week's Trivia Tuesday, we're going to play our game, Two Truths and a Lie. Shatsy, if you don't know how it works, although I think you do, I'm going to list three facts about our friend James. Two are true. One is false. Here we go. Wait, I like the old way. We used to have three truths. Yeah, that wasn't as interesting. That was a little, yeah, that was a little, you know, but we get better. We, we, we evolve. All right, listen, fact one, James was once a member of a rock band. I could see that. The guy looks like a rock star. Fact two, James is a member of Menza. I have no idea what Menza is, so I'll say he could be. Okay, fact three, James is a marathon runner. He looks felt, Jimmy. He looks felt. He's I got to tell you, I, I could see him. He looks like a rock star and a marathon runner. Menza, I got no idea what that is, so, uh, you know. All right. 
Well, listen, we'll see. Yeah. all right, stay tuned to the end of the episode and you'll find the real story. Let's get after it. James, we're going to let you take the lead, sir. Uh, please give us a little background about yourself and, of course, Smoky Bones. Good morning, gentlemen. Great to be with you again, my friends. That's a lie. That's at, a lie. <laughs> at, at Brandon, <laughs> it's great to be with you. Uh, guys, uh, thanks for having me. I'm a career restaurateur. I've been in the restaurant industry for about 25 years. I probably spent 16 or 17 of that in quick service, uh, mostly in marketing roles as chief marketing officer, KFC US, Sonic Drive-In US. I became the CEO of Long John Silver's about six or seven years ago. I loved that brand. It's a great business and, and the franchisees. And then I joined uh, Smoky Bones in May of 2019 as CEO and president and I've been here uh, ever since. This is a great business. Let me tell you a little bit about Smoky Bones. Our tagline is meat is what we do. And what that means is you cannot find a casual dining restaurant that has more cuts of meat prepared in more kinds of ways than you can at Smoky Bones. So if you're thinking about steakhouses, we have more. If you're thinking about you know general casual dining restaurants, we have more and we have better. So we love what we do here. We're passionate about being a protein candy store. And I'm excited to be with you. <laughs> so I like smoky that. bones. You really, you are the meat. Is that, hey, is that yeah. right? Is that, that's, hey, what yeah, hey, yeah. right. that's what I'm saying. Hey, listen, right. listen. Before we take a, a deeper dive into you and Smoky Bones and learn all about Smoky Bones, because there's a lot to lot to cover, I'd like to little, get a little bit more about our guest. And how did our guest, how did James O'Reilly become the CEO of Smoky Bones? Where did it all start? So we go back. I mean, you spent time at Yum, at Pizza Hut, at Sonic, Long John Silver's, like you said. Let's go back further. 1985. <laughs> what was going on? What were you doing then? And how did that help you become the CEO of Smoky Bones? James, this wow. is Shatzi's. It doesn't have to be 1985, by the way. Go any year you want. This is his Fraser Crane moment. Shatzi is listening. $150 an hour. <laughs> Great question. Back in 1985, I was starting my bachelor's degree in biochemistry and i thought i was headed to medical school believe it or not so that was what i did for four years and by the Great time question. i was see that jimbo yeah. by the way the passage ceo smoky bones is even more obvious than i thought because <laughs> no question it was an obvious path <laughs> so by the time i was i was done with that i had actually been running a small business to pay for all my school expenses and by the time I was done uh, being an entrepreneur for those four years, I decided I like business more than science. And I went to business school and then I got recruited into into brand management, actually Procter & Gamble. And that's what started me on my business. G&G, man, they start everybody out over there, huh? Yes, they do. It's the brand management university. Really is unbelievable. Oh, I like it. One third of this podcast uh, participants uh, started out at PG. So you're right, Chatsy. Everyone who starts out at PG, one third of this podcast has done that. Is that is a very little, uh, that's a factoid that nobody knew about, Jimmy. No one knew. Listen, I, uh, I want to kick things off with some unbreaking news. We're not always the first to break news, but if we talk about it on the podcast for the first time, it's breaking news to us. Smoky Bones has recent, recently launched. Bite Hall, a virtual food hall weaving your five brands under one website. And as you like to say, all bites in one site. Can you share you know, a little more about the, you know, the premise behind Bite Hall and your decision to build your own digital roof? Sure. Well, we started with a major commitment to off-premise in this company when I joined and built my uh, management team because we really, really believe in the power of off-premise and casual dining, that's actually one of the things that brought me to Smoky Bones. So everything we've done, the stuff we'll be talking about today, 
has really sprung out of that that commitment to technology and driving our off-premise business. So we had success with our virtual restaurants. We do have success with our virtual brands. And as we got through the process of uh, and developing our third and fourth virtual brands, which sounds like a lot, I know, um, and started to kind of think about how to integrate our virtual brands together, um, we also started to realize that consumers who are in the traditional third-party marketplace space, if you've got two or three people at home and somebody wants, say, burgers and somebody else might want, I don't know, a bowl, a rice bowl or a salad bowl, and somebody else might want something different, maybe ribs. When you're, when you're on a third-party uh, platform, sometimes there's some friction there because somebody wants something from this place, somebody wants something from that place. All of a sudden, you're looking at multiple deliveries, multiple commissions, multiple fees, and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, friction gets created. And so Byte Hall was born out of this idea where we have all the bytes in one site, one check, one order, one delivery. And we've built kind of a of an experience inspired by Amazon, if you will, where you can order from multiple different brands, but you can put everything off the different brands onto one transaction. So you could order a rack of ribs from Smoky Bones. You could order one of our 50 great flavors of wings from the Wing Experience. You could order a barbecue bowl from the Bull Market and a quarter pound chicken tender, Carolina dipped from Tenderbox. Put that on, on one transaction with one delivery and one set of fees. So it actually solves a consumer problem. It gives them the variety that they love, and we have lots and lots of variety, but it also makes it a lot easier and less expensive. I absolutely love it, and I got to tell you, I see why you are the CEO of Smoky Bones, and I see where now, in 1985, you were a biochemical engineer. You said something, I don't know what it was, but it blew my head away. So now I understand how you took that knowledge of being a biochemist engineer PhD person, and now you're the CEO of Smoky Bones, because honestly, no joke, it really is genius. And I mean, I just think the whole idea of putting multiple brands into restaurants, I, I love it because a lot of brands have excess capacity. However, I'm also a huge fan of restaurants like Smoky Bones. You know a little something about operating restaurants, you know, so just for you to add more brands or more uh, menu options like this bite hall. It just seems like it's a no brainer. I mean, I go back. I mean, is it true? Jimmy, you can answer this if you want. Is it true that you guys, Smoky Bones is the first company to actually have a virtual brand on Uber Eats. Is that true or false? That is true. We were the that first. Is, is that breaking news, Jimmy? You know what? That's true, sir. And I got to tell you, I think well, that's breaking news to me. So you and I are on the, we run the podcast. I say that's breaking news. I mean, so I think that's really unbelievable. I mean, that's a really huge thing that you guys were the first company to have a virtual brand on Uber Eats. Tell us how that happened and whose idea was it? Was it your idea? And if not, just tell us and we'll just go along with it. Well, I'll tell you that it was my idea, but we have a great team over here. <laughs> uh, this 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 took place in the fall of 19 before the pandemic when virtual brands obviously you know exploded uh, but we were pursuing our off-premise vision and all the things we wanted to do with technology and and offering more off-premise solutions and we uh uber eats has always been a great partner of the company and in through the course of our discussions with uber eats we developed this and discovered this kind of concept of these unmet needs that they had so Uber Eats wanted to have menu offerings in multiple categories uh, in multiple places where we were doing business at Smoky Bones. 
and we and we discovered together well well we could build a burger concept uh, with all the incredible products and ingredients that we have that's still unique enough to be its own concept. We can develop a wing concept that and there are lots of wing concepts now, but nothing like the wing experience. I promise you guys. We can develop a wing concept that can stand alone. It's called the wing experience uh, on Uber Eats and has its own reason for being. And so we launched two virtual brands with Uber Eats in the fall of 2019. That's, I mean, that's really awesome. I love it. I dig it. And I, I want to bookmark this moment of our podcast. Every now and then, I think people feel somehow that we're anti-DSPs, anti-delivery service platforms. That is not true. A, we use them in our own restaurants. We use a lot of them. How could you Uber, not? DoorDash, Seamless, Grub, Caviar, Post, like we use, Deliver. we use these guys. Um, we just like to have a balance and try to create a balance between the DSPs, the third parties, and the white label. So let this section be noted giving a major shout out, not just to our friends at Smoky Bones, but Uber Eats. Well done, Uber Eats, and good choice. Hey, Jimbo, on- by the way, not, I mean, I'll tell you how old we are. We were using Uber Eats before it was Uber Eats. We were using it when it was Uber Rush, yes. and it was just a delivery platform. They were just yes. taking orders for us. There yes. wasn't an ordering element to it. It was our order, their drivers. Uber I'm Rush, just, I'm just $2.60 an order. Say It's the same price, right? Hasn't changed? Anyway, it's I digress. Got up, it's got up a little bit. I digress. Okay, listen, I want to shift our conversation from the digital space to the drive-through space. I know, uh, James, you've recently launched a fully equipped drive-through lane in one of your Kentucky locations. As I understand it, this is digital everything drive-through. Um, it's aiming to make the best experience for your off-premise customers. And let's not kid ourselves, those are really freaking important customers. And it allows guests not just to order from Smoky Bones, but all your virtual brands as well. Can you share a little bit more about your digital drive-through everything sure well first of all we hear about uh other chains having drive-throughs they're they're most often like pickup windows or drive up windows and things like that we went all in on drive-through gentlemen so we have a fully equipped digital drive-through with everything you would find in a limited service drive-through from the menu boards the loop detection the audio the digital menu boards the pull-up window we build a dedicated expediting kitchen inside the restaurant with its own beverage equipment, its own hot colding equipment, fry station, you name it, dedicated packaging. So we made a full-on commitment to building what a real drive-through for our off-premise customers at Smoky Bones in Bowling Green. The real, the real kind of, uh, I think, breakthrough in this thought process really was – Honestly, just doing it because lots. I think there would be people who would say, "But wait a minute, you're casual dining; you can't do drive-through." And 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 to be honest, like my our question was, well, why "Who says you can? Who says you can't?" That's yeah. what I say. Exactly. Why can't we? Because Naysayers. this is about the this is about the guest, right? Bunch the of dining out there. <laughs> exactly. This is about the guest. The on-premise guest definitely wants a great on-premise experience. They're there for a date. They're there for their family. And we're there for them. We have incredible on-premise experiences. What does the off-premise guest want? They want great food. They want convenience. They want speed. They want value. And and what's the number one channel in the restaurant industry that delivers that to guests? Of course, it's drive-thru. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, what we've also seen is, you know, I mean, delivery is expensive. So a lot of folks, like you said, like your your customers that want to come and dine with you, sometimes during the week, you know, everyone's busy running around, they can't cook, whatever it may be. Maybe they just have a 
things to do at home or whatever. Hey, honey, can you just go and pick up, you know, from Smoky Bones, just drive through and grab us dinner, right? I mean, it's 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 a it's another uh, it's it, to me it's a great way of adding additional revenue and having those your your, your regular customers another outlet for them to continue to spend money with you. So I, I think it's brilliant. It's great. Shasi, I want to add one thing here. Just I, I, what I heard James say, I think I'm coining something here. Go. Smokey Bones and James are meeting their guests where they're at. I got to tell you, if, if I mean, Jimmy, you know, James, James had a lot of, a lot of marketing experience. I think you just coined their new phrase. Meeting my, meeting your guests where they're at. By the way, I learned that as my daughter was applying to kindergarten. Every kindergarten, every program is we're going to meet your, we meet our students where they're at. I think Smoky Bones is meeting. And meet is spelled M-E-A-T. There we go. Boom. No charge. No charge. You don't mind if I take that, do you? No, of course not. The first one's always free. Yes, first one's always free. (laughs) First one's free. You got it. (laughs) I love it. Listen, you know, speaking speaking of of, of incredible guests, uh, we had Anton Nichols on not too long ago. He's one of the founding members and partners of ICR, you know, Integrated uh, Corporate Relations. Huge, you know, PR company, uh, marketing, et cetera. Geniuses over there at marketing. Um, and we discussed about social media and influencing and, and restaurants and how it's just everything has changed. I mean, back in the day when when Jimmy and I were, were in the restaurant business, I mean, uh, specials at the at a restaurant were the chef using the stuff that didn't sell. That was what a special was. You never got the special because it was the fish that they didn't hey, sell. Oh, yeah, not at our not at our restaurant, but always be careful of the but back fish in the was, day. That's what it was. Like, don't get the special because the, the, the boy base is a special. Heads up, yeah, yeah, you know. Friday, heads up. And today in restaurants, I mean, it's completely changed. Today, it's very purposeful, very thought out. I mean, LTOs now are really, uh, I mean, they've always been an important part, but now everyone's got an LTO. Everyone's doing what, it's got to be Instagrammable. It has to be influencer-based. Literally, if it's not, if it can't go viral, why are we doing it? So it's not just use up old food. That's terrible. Now it's I have to come up with the best chicken sandwich, the hot chicken sandwich, the burger, the cocktail, whatever it is. Um, and everything's got to go viral and influencers. So Smoky Bones, your candy cocktails. I mean, that's what comes to mind with me. you got great cocktails. Uh, share a little bit more about your LTOs. Who's come up with the ideas? Again, I'm going to say it's all you, uh, and we can go with that. We could go with that, but I really couldn't take that one. We have an incredible – nobody listening. It's just me, you. It's just me and Jimmy. It's just me <laughs> and Jimmy. Incredible culinary leader and incredible chief marketing officer who worked together on our LTOs. And 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 give so a LTOs, shout out to the C- can we can we give a shout out? Who are we talking about? Yeah, chief marketing officer Cole Robillard and chief food innovation officer chef Peter Ferrand. All right, Both there's the shout incredible. out. There's the shout. Those guys are doing some incredible work. Incredible <laughs> rock stars over here at Smoky Bones, and they create. Uh, these amazing, creative, delicious ideas that just that just make our guests want to come back, and, and you know, keeping it exciting and fresh uh, is really, really important in this industry now more than ever. In the in the in the social media world, having Instagrammable products, especially food and drinks, is just something that's absolutely mainstream now. As we it talk, can't about just taste good, man. It's got to look really good. So, Adventures in Candyland is our new quarterly beverage LTOs, and we have four incredible, very Instagrammable beverages uh, from Adventures in Candyland. The first one's called Shark Bait, and it's a drink we serve in a little mini fish bowl. It's blue, and it has gummy sharks floating around with it and little nerds on the bottom. How cool does that sound? I mean, Jimmy, I got to tell you, I think Sylvia, your six-year-old, would love that. I think my wife, you know what? 
Sylvie <laughs> loves Sylvie's not afraid of sharks. She loves gummies. Let's go. Is that drink or no? <laughs> we might need the non-alcoholic version for, oh, for you. Yeah. No, Jimmy, Jimmy's all right, man. Sylvie's very advanced for her age. I'm, I'm very European. Very European. Start them early. <laughs> yeah, that's that cool. I dig it. We got Twizzle Faux Shizzle, which is a, a red strawberry uh, vodka drink with two uh, Twizzlers uh, sticking out of it. We have Can you say bird. that again? What's it called? Twizzle Faux Shizzle. Yeah, you know, Jimmy, say that five times fast. It just makes me smile. I got to tell you yeah. that name. Makes I, anytime smile. you say shizzle, I like shizzle. <laughs> we have a, a, a drink called the Early Bird, which is a tequila drink. Beautiful. It changes color when it's served. And then we also have a shot called the Smarty Pants Shot, and it is rimmed in crushed up nerds candy. So these are really fun. They're really delicious drinks, and they're incredibly Instagrammable. I love it, I, and I think Jimmy, the smarty shot sounds perfect for you because you're smart. You're smart, 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 smart. Not, not dumb like they say. Yeah, I, I love it, but it really, it really is important. You know, we go to our restaurants here in this city. I mean, I, 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 got, I went nuts one time when they served me a Bloody Mary, and I was just like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" They're like, "Oh, it's a Bloody Mary." I'm like, "If you can't take a picture of it, it's nothing." Because if you can't put it on Instagram, it's nothing. It's just it's it's really it's useless. Because that's that, that's free market. It's free advertising. You need every customer to be taking pictures and throwing it out to all their followers. That's absolutely I, uh, right. I agree. I used to have some friends that I, I called it food porn when they were photographing their food, and, and this was years ago before these really people started raising their game. I can't imagine these people are probably doing videos and all sorts of stuff. All right, listen. Oh, I want to show to the restaurants now with lights, with their own lights, with light with their own light. Listen, um, FSR Magazine recently published a fantastic story, um, which included eighteen predictions for the future of restaurants. Coming in at number ten. Number 10 spot was off-premise gets its own space. Given what you're doing um, in, in your, in your, with your off-premise omni-channel, would love to do your comments on you know, off-premise gets its own space. FSR Magazine says it's really critical. Your thoughts, sir? Well, of course, I agree with that. We All of us over here at Smoky Bones are um, very excited about the off-premise part of this business. And if you think back – in time, um, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, off-premise was the domain of quick service, and that's where I was operating. Uh, over the last five to 10 years, uh, casual dining has been able to innovate and grow and develop its off-premise capability, us is obviously included. Um, and now consumers have so many more off-premise options, and that's why it's such an important trend because casual dining can bring you a steak, a burger, wings, full rack of ribs delivered to your home. When be 10, 15 years ago, it was really just pizza and burgers and wings and things it like that. It was Chinese all- food and pizza. That's what you got. That was your option when Jimmy and I were growing up, and we're old as dirt. Me too. And that, <laughs> and that, that's all great. And by the way, I worked in those businesses, and they're great businesses. But for casual dining, of course, uh, off-premise has absolutely come of age. Now, let me give you an example. In our new restaurants, we opened two new restaurants in 2022, one in Avon, Indiana, one in Utica, Michigan. We have built their off-premise capability there really, really significantly. So we've got dedicated – it's not just a drive-up curbside. It's a dedicated off-premise uh, entry. You walk in. There's an off-premise counter there. It has a POS, a menu board, a grab-and-go cooler, dedicated employees standing there ready to take your order, whether you ordered it online, whether you called it in, whether you walk in. We do a complete off-premise business in a, in a part of the restaurant that's dedicated to that. And all that food flows directly and really efficiently 
from the from the kitchen. And so now the thing that we don't talk about as much is, you know, not only is that good for the off-premise customer, but it's really, really also good for the on-premise customer. Because if you think about how, you know, most uh, casual dining restaurants are designed today, and many of ours still ha- are have this, you know, the off-premise customers, they're walking in to the dining room or walking through the dining room. Sometimes you've got delivery drivers walking in your front door. Oh, man, um, they're all standing there with their helmets on, their bags, a whole big thing going on there. Right. And so, you know, I think of that as like purpose-driven design or customer-centric purpose-driven design where we want the design of the of the facility to really be driven by the needs of the customers, so whether that be dedicated on-premise entrance and service, with which improves the dining room experience, drive-through. All these things start with the customer and, and what their needs are. I, I think that was such an important um topic you brought up and and we don't have enough time in this podcast uh to to dig deep enough um i've been trying to tell people our industry is going through a really a transformational period and that includes what's going on in the physical layout of our restaurants you know x years ago it was kind of 30 percent back of house 70 percent front of house maximize your seating um for the guest and 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 off premise was a de minimis percentage of our sales and go. And today that old real estate model just doesn't work. And I, it's so fascinating to me, the changes we're going to see and you're, you're seeing it in so many concepts such as Smoky Bones, they're changing the physical layout to accommodate the demand, not just the demand, but also protect the on-premise guests, as you just said, because their experience is very important to you. It's different than the off-prem experience, making pickup more seamless. I, I find it amazing because we're physically seeing how the storefronts are changing to get ready for it, meet the guests where they're at. I still like that one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Jimbo, um, you're seeing restaurants today. Some restaurants are being built. There is the only option is to drive through and pick up your food. That is the only option. Yes. Some restaurants are being built. You have an entrance to dine in, an entrance or a window for pickup, and you have drive through. I mean, so there's just a whole new footprint. I mean, you see that the, the design now is so critical to the operational flow of the restaurant and what type of brand you have. It's just yep. not like not like it used to be. No, I'm so glad Jay-Z brought it up because the physical layout, I think a lot of people are not aware of the changes that are going on and will continue as we personalize these things to the brands and their guests. Good time to be an architect in the restaurant. Great time to be an architect. Shatsy, I always wanted to be an architect. I want to be an architect. It's a chance for me. My chance. All right. Um, I want to move into talking back. Turns out, you know, we started this uh, podcast. We like we like talking to people, and I'm not French. By we, I mean me. Um, but we learned along the way that sometimes our guests um, also have questions for us. So here we got talking back. We're going to let James take the microphone, ask us any question he wants. As I like to say, James, the microphone is yours. Gentlemen, tell me how you guys first met and how you how you fell together. Oh, Jimmy. It was a cold. People are so, people are so interested. It was a cold. 1967. It was February. <laughs> it was snowing outside. My mom felt something kicking, and it was oh, little Shatsy. Yeah, I think you meant a little later. I think you meant – let's fast forward a little bit, Shatsy. Go ahead. Yeah, I, gotta tell you, I mean, Jimmy and I know each other for – I don't know. It's got to be 30 years now, but, I mean, it all goes back to really uh, the – those uh, six degrees and uh, 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 Jimmy. Uh, so I went to Boston University and met Dean, uh, one of our third partner, Dean. 
Jimmy and Dean grew up here in the city. They met each other, I think, in the eighth grade in, in junior high school. So obviously, Jimmy and Dean were friends. Dean and I became friends. And by uh, mutual, uh, uh, you know, property, we all became friends. And and we've been friends ever since. Then we started uh, working together. Uh, Jimmy would, became an investor in some of our restaurants. He was always in finance. Dean was in real estate. I got involved with Dean in restaurants. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Jimmy could probably tell a better story. I, I actually, I, actually, I think that's very true. Uh, by the community of property, uh, Dean and I are were buddies and growing up and met in the eighth grade. Uh, Dean went to college with Shatsy, um, so and and Dean and Shatsy became good friends. So by the community of property, it's like, all right, Shatsy, are we going to be friends? Are we going to share our boy Dino, or what are we, we going to do here? And and the one thing I guess I would add is I know a lot of people, and I have nothing but respect for the view that I know many people take about not working. Um, doing business with their friends or their family, and I, I get that. Um, for us, we made the decision decades ago that that we not only would be friends and now are dear friends, but that we could work together. And what I love about it is um, we have healthy tension. There's no question. We're three, you know, uh, not small personalities, but we've made a commitment um, to build and create, uh, you know, value together. And no one ever threatens to take their ball and go home. Um, and I think that's kind of that, that it's worked for us that the deep relationship in decades, um, we are very different people. We bring different deeds uh, heavily involved in real estate. Shachi has been the managing partner of our restaurant business. I've been the finance guy uh, investing in emerging markets and alternative asset classes. And this all came together with the realization that this is a emerging asset class. The, the tech and innovation for the food service hospitality industry was an asset class not, not valuing subject matter experts. Who are the subject matter experts? James, you are, and Chats is, and all the people that own and operate and cut their teeth in these stores where food and beverage is sold and served. There's a whole knowledge set that I felt was being um, not valued by investors. Well, and uh, Jimmy, the joke we always said is the subject matter, the subject matter experts in restaurants are anyone who's ever eaten in a restaurant. And that's just yeah. not true. <laughs> that's right. I, I think this is one of the most misunderstood industries. Right, James, when you're out with friends, don't people be like, you know what you need to do, James? Here's an idea. You know what the problem is at Smoky Bones, James? Here's an idea. Be like, you know what? Shut the fuck up and don't tell me what to do. Okay, you're a doctor. I'll tell you what to do. Hey now, hey now, now FCC violation. Keep it classy, Shatz. Ah, there's no FCC here, baby. But I, but I will joke, James, in truth and humor. Um, uh, this is an industry where everyone has an opinion. And by the way, I'm not blaming the guests. We don't even call them customers. We call them our guests. We've, we, we want this relationship um, uh, to exist between the operators and the guests. And it's natural that people feel a level of comfort that they may not feel in other industries where they're a customer. So it's understandable. But to be clear, I always say that this is a really unique business uh, because of that relationship. But anyway, great question, James. James. Yep. Um, I never I liked Shatz, by the way. I still don't even like him, but, but I'm yeah. stuck. You know, we're stuck. We're, it's, it's, we're stuck now. Divorce is too expensive at this point. All right, listen. <laughs> you know what that sound is? That is the food service feud sound because we got two great guests. Or actually, one great guest and my uh, co-host. Jimmy, James, <laughs> are you ready to play the food service feud? Let's we play the feud. Every Tuesday, we've got a poll out on LinkedIn. We ask over 100 million people. Uh, we ask them an interesting question about food service and hospitality. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're serious. We got a great one right now. Are you guys ready? Get your buzzers out. First person to buzz in, you let me know, and we'll see where it is on the board. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. ready. All right, here we go. What is your favorite childhood cereal? Buzz. Okay, Damn. go, James. 
Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms on the board. Number two answer. Jimmy, you can steal it away and make your family proud. What is the number one childhood, favorite childhood cereal, according well, to 100 I'm, trillion people? I'm going Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Jimbo would be right. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the number one answer on the board, followed by, by, by the way, Lucky Charms number two. Uh, care, anyone care to guess number three or four? Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops is number four, and Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, man. Come on, the Flintstones, baby. I, I, I got this one right, and, and therefore, you know, I'm going to walk with a big stick and say I was the winner. But I have to tell you, I'd like to check when Cinnamon Toast Crunch came of age when it was because i gotta tell you i don't remember as a child cinnamon toast crunch i remember lucky charms fruity pebbles fruit loops i would have i, had I would crunch. have to go back and look crunch in there but cinnamon i gotta tell toast you crunch was not out yep. like lucky charms fruity pebbles and fruit loops certainly came out long before because those those were like 70s cereals yes but well, to be clear I went, I went cinnamon toast crunch 1984 cinnamon toast came out from our producer 1984 jimmy you would be right i mean fruity pebbles and, and fruit loops that's not a kid's Cereal to James and myself. I got to tell you, that's not kid cereal. But I was saying then that lucky that James actually won this because he said Lucky Charms, and that was out much earlier. I'm okay giving it to James because this wasn't a kid cereal when we were when we were growing up. But I'll say the following: I'll say the following. My daughter, her favorite cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is why I said Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's her Uh, favorite cereal. It was was flawed. It was flawed, and we have to fire our producer Julie. We absolutely cannot fire Julie. I, 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 we have to find a producer who's going to do the work. All right, do the work, Julia. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are at the top of the show. We talked about Trivia Tuesdays. If you remember, we gave you three facts, two truths, and one that was false. By the way, if you were listening to the episode, and I almost – I was not going to make fun of Shati for not knowing about Menza – because it was too funny to make fun of them about Menza, but there were so many little tidbits. But here we go. Three facts. Fact one, James was once a member of a rock band. Fact two, James is a member of Menza. Fact three, James is a marathon runner. Shati, want to care to guess? Okay, well, while we were uh, recording, I took the opportunity to Google Menza. Did you use Boom? Now- you use Boom to look up Menza? <laughs> I used Boom. And now that I know what it is, I'm going to have to rethink my answers. So, right. in order, James is a member of a rock band. I'm going to say he was a member of a rock band. I'm going to say he's a member of men's, and I'm going to say he has no interest in being a marathon runner. I say he knows how painful it is. It's exhausting. He'd rather just sit on his couch and eat smoky bones. All right, James, you've heard Shatz's guesses. It's yours. Well, Shatsy knows me well. That's why we're friends. That's exactly right. You are correct, sir. Shatsy, you are correct. Boom, shakalaka. That's what it is, baby. Come on. I see it. I see it. Oh, man. Tell me about this rock band, though. So I'm a bass player. Actually, I wanted to join this rock band when I was in high school. And like most rock bands, when they get formed, they didn't have a bass player. And they said to me, you can join the rock band if you learn how to play bass. And I was like, okay. So I went and bought a cheap bass at some uh, pawn shop and taught myself bass, and I've been pay- playing bass since I was 16. So was the band? Do you, do you have a band now that you guys like friends that you play? I wish I'm a I'm a garage band player now, but I absolutely still love it. I've got basses and amplifiers, and it's a g- great hobby. That's awesome. By the way, we went to an event here in New York City not long ago, and um, and I, I I guess the, the 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 person who threw the event. Uh, went around. I guess she knew so certain people that they all played instruments, and she asked them 
would they play a song at the event and get on stage? And Jim, you remember this. And yes, it, it was awesome. Yeah, and we had like, I mean, so there are a lot of people in the hospitality and food service space that actually play instruments. And I got to tell you, it'd be really cool what they did is try and get like, uh, like get the band back together because there was a rant and they didn't know each other. I mean, they, maybe they knew each other, but they, yeah. and there was a drummer, a bass player, a singer. And, and I got to tell you, they killed it. They played like a couple covers and they killed it. It really was great. Uh, Lee Wilson from Harry, uh, Mark oh, Levitt yeah. from from EF, from Union Square Hospitality. I mean, sorry, Enlightened Hospitality Investments. It was the Alice Elliott event. It was really awesome. By the way, I, my apologies right now to Paul Rudd and to the two of you. But I, I when you said you're you're playing the bass, I couldn't help but think about uh, 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 Paul Rudd's movie Slap at the Bass, man. Slap the bass. Uh, <laughs> well, there's one last thing. Now, I got, now can you, what's Menza? And how do you get involved in something like that? Is that something that I can get involved in? Uh, Shanti, if you don't know. Nah, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't the mean the largest and oldest high IQ society in the world. That sounds perfect to me, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody a- who scores the 98th percentile or higher on the IQ test, you get to be a, a member. I mean, hello. No, it's a really, really fun group. It's a great group. It's a worldwide group. Uh, nurture, uh, you know, development, especially really children. Fun, though, J- James, is it really fun? Actually, they're really, really fun people. Yes. And they Chassie, love restaurants. You're thinking at a level that you couldn't even understand. It's like the Matrix. You couldn't understand the level of intellect and what the fun they're having, mostly mostly Shati at our expense. They're they're literally looking at the civilians being like, oh, how stupid is that guy? <laughs> and that's why they're having fun, right? That guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I if I can become a member, um, I'd like you to see if possible. <laughs> I will sponsor you, Shatsy. I will Thank sponsor you. you. What do I have to do? Do I have to take the test? Uh, yes. Yes. All right, well, maybe I can do a Seinfeld. I can put it out the window, Jimmy, and you can grab it and take the test for me, give it back like George Costanza. We'll have a Seinfeld moment, okay? <laughs> I got well, you. Anyway, that's... listen, it's good stuff. I appreciate that. And and you're not a marathon runner. No interest in that. No, I actually put that down as the lie because I could never imagine ever doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. That's something I think all three of us agree on. Uh, all right, real quick, because we got a lot of we, we don't have a lot of time, and James gotta get back to start opening up more restaurants and stuff. Uh Brandon Quickfire, greatest segment of all podcasts in all the history of podcasts is about to happen. James, we're gonna ask you five lightning round questions. Are you ready, sir? Yes, I'm ready. Oh, don't think too hard. First thing comes nope. to mind. Okay, here we go. Favorite childhood sitcom. Happy days. Love happy days. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, Chinese takeout. What's your favorite food city in the world? London. Nice. Where is your favorite place to travel? Vegas. Nice. Who doesn't love Vegas? It's an Uh, adult playground. It really is. (laughs) Remember they came up with the idea that it should be for children? That was a that was an idea that went went astray, right? And they also, came up, they also came up with new Coke. So you know what? Sometimes these these guys yeah, don't make the best. A bad idea. A bad idea. <laughs> if you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to water skiing race to see who can stay up the longest without falling, who do you have better odds of beating? Jimmy, take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could beat Jimmy, and here's why: because I've never seen Jimmy without a, a ball cap. And I think that would completely ruin his aerodynamics. So I think I could definitely beat him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to say, Chachi's losing too much. Let's throw it in there. I can um, drop the ski, go one. I can do it all, baby. Yeah, I love it. We've done, we've done I think 114 podcasts now, Jimmy. I think I maybe, I think I've beat you maybe three times on that. 
Yeah, that's all right. Well, here's number four. That's fair. By the way, James, I'll simply say I agree and respect your answer. Well done, sir. Uh, listen, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Uh, we appreciate um, the hard work you and your team do for the industry and really love how innovative and, and transformational you are um, and your company is embracing um, uh, tech stacks and the innovation and really being forward thinkers and leaders in the space. Um, really tremendous work. And we're so thrilled uh, to call you a friend and, and to get an opportunity to work with you. Um, if you want to get in touch with James directly, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We I have to have cell phone, Jimmy. Yeah, well, that, that was a season one mistake. We don't give We're out cell numbers. And, nah, not anymore. That was a rookie mistake. Uh, right. But we'd be happy to connect you with James and his team, a tremendous group. To our listeners, uh, we continue to thank you and appreciate you um, for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And despite our banter and chats, he always joking that, you know, it's basically just my family that listens to this. The truth is our subscriber base. I don't is going think your family it. listens to it, by the way, Jimmy. That's probably true. <laughs> but, but, our, but our subscriber base continues to soar and climb and and we so appreciate uh, you guys choosing to hang out with us. And we want to make sure that we are, are putting, bringing on great guests like James and hopefully uh, giving you some intel insights and having some fun along the way. Because if it's not going to be fun, why do it? So if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Um, so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up. And better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So with great appreciation to James and his team, um, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to my boy Shatsy. And thank you. And just all of you listeners out there, if you want to check out Smokey Bones, smokybones.com. And you got, I mean, I got to tell you, they've got some incredible, I'm looking right now on the website and I see that fishbowl drink and I see the, uh, the shot with the smarty shot. I mean, some of the stuff looks really, really good. So check out smokybones.com. Check it out. Also, one last thing. Not only do we want you to listen to the podcast because it's super fun and super great, but if on Saturday mornings, if you just feel like you're waking up and you don't have anything to do while you're drinking your coffee, check out the weekend update. Uh, we throw out a newsletter every Saturday morning called the Branded Weekend Update. You can get it off our website uh, at Branded Strategic, but the Branded Weekend Update is 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 so unbelievably fun. I got to tell you, we got thousands and thousands of readers right now. Jimmy actually does the, uh, the intro and it's just really great. Everyone's loving it. And uh, so I highly recommend you subscribe to that newsletter every Saturday morning at Weekend Update. Uh, James O'Reilly, thank you so much for being our guest. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thank you.